Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Billy. With over 14 years of customer service experience under my belt, I've learned a thing or two about connecting and creating success. At Billy Cameron Co., it's all about collaboration for mutual growth. Ready to see what we can achieve together? Let's chat. You can find me on Instagram at Billy Cameron Co. or email me at contactbillycameron at gmail.com. Talk soon. I grew up in Saskatchewan. It's a very weird place to live. Not weird, but like you can either re- like live in a big city, a small town, or a farm. And that's pretty much it. Where? <laughs> Where'd you live? Big city, small town, farm? I was born in Saskatoon, which is one of the big cities. I guess there's not that many big cities. There's like Regina and Saskatoon. I was born in Saskatoon, but we lived in a town outside of it called Warman. And then we scooched over to BC for a bit. My dad worked at the mine in a small town in BC. And then we moved back to a place called Unity. And it's like a little cluster of towns that are really close together. And we stayed there for like five years while he worked at the salt mine. And then we moved to Fort Mac. The first question is, what is the earliest memory that you have in your life? Like, what's the first thing that you can remember? Damn, that's deep. (laughs) The earliest memory is when we lived in BC, I want to say, and my parents would work really early, so they would wake us up, and we lived in this little, like, not condo complex, but, like, little, like, townhouses, Mm -hmm. and my parents would wake me up, and then I'd be, like, half asleep, and then they'd carry me down to, like, a condo down the way, and then that's where our babysitter was, or, like, the lady that watched us during the day, and she had kids and stuff, but that would definitely be my earliest memory, is, like, clinging on to my mom in the cold, like, wrapped in a blanket, and then, like, I think I was probably, like, three or four, and then just, like, them carrying me over and then putting me in a new bed. So you didn't spend that much time in Saskatchewan? No, I was born there. I think I lived there till I was one or two. I'm not really sure. I didn't really ask. And then we moved to BC for a bit. And then we moved back to BC. Or, sorry, we moved back to Saskatchewan when I was five. And I lived there from five to ten. And I've been here ten to thirty. When you were in Saskatchewan from five to ten, what are some things that you remember? How was school like? Yeah, it was quite small. There was, like, one main street where, like, all the businesses were. There was one school, and it was public, and one high school, and they were, like, across the street from each other, and we didn't really do much. We did hockey. I was on an all-boys team because there wasn't enough girls to play. I think I was, like, one of – I was the first girl, and then we got, like, one or two other girls, and then we did gymnastics too. Hockey, like, what did you like about it? Well, how did you start playing hockey? My dad played hockey, like, all through adulthood. He was my sister's coach in Unity. He coached the all-girls team. And I think they just put me in it to do something. Cause like the winters were cold. There's no trees to protect you. So it's like a windy, cold winter. And then we would go to like little towns around and play in tournaments and stuff. But I'm not very good at hockey. I'll tell you that for free. I don't think I ever scored a goal. I won the loony stick once. It's like a raffle where you like pay in loonies and then they tape them to a stick. And then whatever player wins it, you get the stick and then all the loonies. So... That's all I really remember. Not much sound, but really good luck. Yeah, right? 
So do you have any brothers or other siblings in your sister? Just the two of you guys? Yeah. And what's the age difference between you all? She's two years older than me. Okay, cool. So you guys were pretty close knit, I guess. We hated each other. We were like chill as kids, you know, because it was just us two. But like when we moved to Fort McMurray, that's when things went downhill, like really downhill. And how old were you when you moved to Fort McMurray? Ten. She was 12, so she was a preteen. It wasn't horrible, but like in high school. So when I got to grade nine, she, it was her last year of high school. And we hated each other, like despised each other. Couldn't even be in the same room. We'd argue all the time. What was that like? What was it that you all despised about one another? I don't know. I think it was just like female hormones. Like my friends, I was jealous because my friends thought she was hot. And I think that she was jealous because she, like her friends thought I was hot. Like it was just, we didn't get along. We didn't really have punishments. Like we would just get sent to like your room and then think about what you did. And then when we were, I don't even know how old we were, but there was one point where we didn't even talk to each other for like three months. And then we went to Saskatchewan to visit family and they had like a mini, not like an intervention, but they were like, you guys are sisters. You have to love each other. And we were like, we hate each other. (laughs) And then we didn't hate each other, but we weren't super close. And then right before she got pregnant with my niece, we became close again. And then we were like stuck to each other's hips since then. And my niece just is, it's her fifth birthday today. Oh, nice. Happy New Year. Yeah, right? Like she's five. I can't believe it. But we're like, I call her almost every day. Sometimes we talk on the phone more than once a day. I just went to her farm to hang out with her for three days because I had a few days off. And like, she'll call me when she's like driving home from work and picking up cash. And I just call her for no reason. Yeah. So now we're besties. So it's good. (laughs) So Fort Mac at 10. What school are you going to? I went to a Cole Dickensfield school, a public school. And I went there from, I started in grade four. And then I did my grade eight grad. And then I went to Westwood High School. When I went there, it was top academics, I think, which is why I was confused as to why I was going there. I lived in Dickensfield like my whole childhood and to till I moved out and went to university. But um, Westwood was still close. It's just the only other public school is downtown. I asked to go to Merck a million times. Like I had friends that went there. I really wanted to go there. My parents were like, you're not going. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just stay at Westwood then. So what was school like for you? What can you remember from school? Uh, Dickensfield was fun. I had a lot of friends, surprisingly. I always got in trouble for talking too much academically I wasn't like not good I wasn't great I just I'm lazy like I didn't want to put in extra work same thing in high school I got suspended once for skipping too many classes I got suspended once for telling a teacher to suck my dick and then I was grad historian so I was you have like the valedictorian who's the smartest person and then the historian is the person that people vote for. So I was the historian. So I did a big speech at my high school grad. Do you miss high school at all? Um, I hated high school, but at the same time, I feel like I wish I maybe could have gone back and done things a little bit differently, like got better grades. My dad pushed for that a lot and I was kind of just like, eh, whatever. But now that when I became an adult, I was like, oh, I probably should have got better grades, but I didn't really like it. I don't like the clicks. I don't like high school bullying. Like I feel like so many people think that high school is their whole life and then you get into adulthood and you're like wow this is nothing like high school 
but I also think that I was one of the people that were like, oh, this isn't going to be my whole life. And I think it held me back from, like, that's what I mean. I wish I could have gone back in time and maybe did things a little bit differently. Like maybe made some more friends or like some better friends or did more stuff. Like I was in no extracurriculars in high school. Like I pretty much just went there to hang out with my friends and do schoolwork and that's it. Like I wish I would have just done maybe a little bit more. What were your plans for after high school? Well, I'm a little gypsy soul, so I don't really make plans too far in the future. Um, I did a year of my Bachelor of Arts for criminal justice after I graduated, and I didn't like the program, so I ended up leaving and coming back here. But I really wanted to be a lawyer because I love to argue. And then knowing that, I probably should have applied myself a little bit more, but I didn't because I was like, whatever, I'll just get into law school. Like, it's that easy. I'll just get in. <laughs> yeah, but I did get into the criminal... Because, like, you have to get a degree to get into law school. So my plan was to do, like, my Bachelor of Arts for Criminal Justice. And then, like, if I really like law, which I still really do like law, I would go into law school. But my heart was also torn because I have a lot of, um, like, healthcare people in my family. Like, my dad was a paramedic. My mom was an EMR. I have a cousin who's a nurse. It's, like, lots of, like healthcare stuff but then I was like well maybe I want to do the law side of things and just argue for the rest of my life like I'm not arguing for free anymore I'm arguing for money with the nursing like I'm sure you must have heard from your family members how much they didn't like it or that they weren't enjoying it so even with that information like why would you want to pursue that uh oh I also have an aunt who's a nurse as well so um I'm just really interested in biology almost like I loved bio in high school like I passed bio with flying colors it was probably one of my only courses that I actually did well at and social studies but that's easy um I I love gory stuff <laughs> like that's the kicker for me like wounds when people bleed like I've never like like I've never been afraid of it like I used to watch my dad study when he was getting his like paramedic stuff and there would just be books filled with, like, injuries. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so, freak. When, like, my family members didn't complain about it too much. Like, my one, my aunt was a nurse for, like, quite a long time. And she didn't really complain about it. And then my nurse, or my cousin who's a nurse, um, she just loved nursing. Like, she was one of those people that, like, I feel like woke up. Or when her brain started braining, she wanted to be a nurse. Like, she got good grades in high school. She worked while she did her nursing degree. Like she loves nursing and she's still a nurse and she loves it. So I was like, it's a really good career to have if you're like an empath because you're always helping people and you're like that person that they lean on to. So I jumped around a lot after I left my criminal justice program and I came back here and I worked some random jobs and then I started like my safety stuff because my dad is now like a safety trainer and my sister's a safety officer and I got into that and I was like, mm, maybe this isn't for me. And then I actually went to Keanu for, I did my pre-social work. So you do all your electives at Keanu for two years and then you switch to U of C. And after my first year of that, cause I wanted to do social work in the hospital. Like I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause then I can have like my healthcare side, but then also like my other side. And after a year, I, uh, my boyfriend at the time, his dad had a heart transplant and we went to the Mazakowski Institute, whatever the heart Institute is in Edmonton. And the nurses there were phenomenal, like amazing. Like 
I cannot say enough good things about them. And I remember me and my boyfriend at the time were driving home and I was like, I don't want to do social work anymore. Like I want to be a nurse. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So I applied for nursing right then and there. And like the way that his father would talk about like the nurses that he dealt with and how amazing they were and stuff. And for me to see it in person, like I was like, damn, like I totally want to do this for the rest of my life. So then I applied and I got in and now I'm a nurse. <laughs> you went to Keanu after high school? No, I didn't. I went to Mount Royal in Calgary. What was that process like for you? Uh, it was really fun. I, I love Calgary. It's like my favorite city in the whole world. I haven't been to every city in the world, but like Calgary has such a special place in my heart. So I chose to go there. Mount Royal is like one of the, it's not as big as U of C, but it's still a pretty big university i lived on residence which was a bad idea because all i did was drink and party uh, but it's such a good experience to have like you meet so many people like there's people that i went to university with that i'm still friends with like it's so much fun and you get that little bit of freedom from your parents but you also have responsibilities on top of that like if you lived in residence you got to show up a week early and they like had all of these activities that we did for a week and it was so much fun and I loved every second of it I wish I could go back <laughs> um but then like the classes were not as big at U of like as they are at U of C but like like at Keanu most classes unless it's like the nursing stuff I they have like 30 people so kind of the same as high school and at Mount Royal, some of the classes were small, but some of them had like, I want to say like a hundred people in them. It was different because you don't get that like that individual time with the professor. Like most of the time you were like emailing them and stuff. And at Keanu, you can just talk to them after class because they don't have a lineup of 40 people asking to talk to them. So, but it was really fun. I really liked it. I definitely party too much though. <laughs> There's a party every weekend. Like someone would have like an ABC party, like an anything but clothes party. So you have to dress in anything but clothes. So like some people would make a dress out of garbage bags. Uh, I wore caution tape, like a little skirt and a little bandeau top of caution tape. Like uh, someone wore like beer boxes once. Like you just, it's anything but clothes. You can't show up with clothes. That's a no, no. And then like we had an anything but clothes party for it was my 19th birthday that I was in university yeah my 19th birthday and we hadn't anything but clothes party and we made like 100 jello shots like in our little like resident thing like we lived like they had a, like apartments and they had condos so I had like a condo which was sick so you walked in it was like living room behind it was a kitchen you go upstairs and then there's four bedrooms yeah it's like a real house it's super cool um and we had yeah that anything but clothes party and we had like a hundred jello shots made into a tower. And then we had like little shot glasses lining every surface, like windowsills, countertop, table, coffee table, everything filled with different types of booze, like fireball, vodka. It was a mess. The mess we had to clean up the next day was ridiculous. But like every weekend there, somebody was having a party. So like, should I be studying on Friday night? Yes. Am I going to go to a party? And like theme parties, like redneck parties, like mathletes versus athletes, like just so much dumb stuff because your parents weren't there to stop you. Yeah, exactly. And then like if you, because like I turned 18 in high school mm -hmm. and like some of the people that were going to university, like some of them were still 17. Most of them were 18. So you'd like have to buy booze for people. You have to be careful that you weren't too loud or the university would, cops would come and crash your party. It was just lots of fun times. And even the universities, like, so there's a bar on campus. Like we had a bar, it was mediocre, but 
they would have events too like djs coming in and like parties and like halloween like all the holidays we did so many pub crawls i did enough pub crawls in the year that i was in university that i'm not going to do them for the rest of my life (laughs) so how do you like succeed in school having so much fun like did you face any dilemmas did you ever reach a point where you're like i gotta chill like i'm doing way too much yeah definitely but you like if you have good roommates like they'll keep you on your toes too which is really nice and then like for me it was like trying to prove to my parents that i could be free from them and still do well um and like i had some friends that went to ufc and ufc has the sickest study rooms in the library like you can rent rooms um and we'd meet there and we'd study for our different courses there and it's nice to have like good friends and good roommates that like keep you on your toes because like sometimes even though you're like trying to prove that you are an adult it's nice to have like backup like rochelle you drink friday and saturday you probably shouldn't drink sunday night and i'd be like you know what you guys are right did you have a choice on who you were going to live with or did it just present itself like that? So the way Mount Royal, I don't know how like UFC does it, but the way Mount Royal does it is you like kind of do like a little profile, like what you like and like what you don't like. And then they'll give you who you're living with. And then you can like email them through like the school's email. And then like they, I feel like they put people together that had kind of the same interests. So me, and one girl I lived with got along really good. We're not friends anymore, unfortunately. Some stuff went down in our adulthood that we're not friends anymore, which is fine. Um, and we had two roommates that we thought we would get along with. So we like all chatted and we were all like, this is what I'm going to bring. This is what I'm going to bring. Because like there was furniture there, but you brought your own like bedding, decorations, dishes and stuff like that. And two of the girls that we lived with, we just didn't get along with. And after the first semester, they ended up moving out and two girls moved in and like i still have them on instagram and stuff like they were awesome i think it's kind of like a hit or miss and like i know lots of people who lived with the same people all through university like through all four years because they just ended up meshing so well that they and then you can request to have them as your roommate the next year but like and like a lot of people if they came from like no one from fort mcmurray that i graduated with went to mount royal that first year So I couldn't even request anyone to be my roommate. But like a lot of people came from the same places and they would like request to be roommates or if you were like a friend of a friend. So it's a nice way to meet people because I didn't know any of my roommates before I got there. So what happened to make the decision to leave Mount Royal? So a long time ago in Medicine Hat, I think a 12 year old girl was dating a 23 year old man and her parents didn't want her to date him. So he ended up talking her into killing her family (laughs) your face right now yeah so she yep she murdered her family he killed her parents she killed her seven-year-old brother um and then she lived from what i believe i'm not entirely sure don't quote me on this she lived in a psychiatric institute until she turned 18 and then in canada which i learned in school you can't be charged for a crime if you're 12 and under and she was 12 uh, because your brain hasn't fully developed yet and you're don't know the difference between right or wrong i'm pretty sure you do but but she ended up coming to mount royal it wasn't supposed to be known i think someone ended up getting in trouble for it i'm not entirely sure because this was 11 years ago so my brain is a little foggy she ended up being in the same program as me it got leaked and 
to me, I was like, wow, I don't want to be in the legal system anymore. Like I told like, so there's a, like a fancy word for guilt. It's called mens rea. And she showed none of it, like no remorse when she first killed her parents. And then I don't know, like 14, 15, 16, she started showing remorse and she was really guilty and she knew what she did was wrong and she felt horrible for it. So when she turned 18, she was free to go and she ended up, she wanted to go into the legal system. So I was like, I can't, I get people change and stuff. But like, girl, you murdered your little brother. I don't want to be in school with you. I just remember my mom emailing me an article from Yahoo <laughs> being like, this girl's in your class. Cause she was in the same program as me. Yeah. Same year, same everything. She was like, this girl's in your class. Like, don't make friends with anyone. <laughs> she might kill you. I was like, okay, you're being dramatic. But after I read into it, I was like, wow, like you'll go to jail for having like a small amount of drugs on you. But this girl killed her entire family and now she's going to be a part of the legal system. Like to me, that's just backwards. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So after my first year, I just didn't re-register. Like I was like, I learned some stuff. I learned some pretty cool things. I have like a criminal code book that's like four inches thick with everything that you can be charged with ever. And it's interesting, but I just don't want to be a part of it. And I feel like it's so easy to get, like, I think I'm a pretty good person and I have really pretty good morals. I feel like it's so easy to be sucked into like the bad morality of the law. Like I could go in wanting to be the greatest person ever, but I feel like it's just so easy to slip into the, the bad people part of it. So I was just like, you know what? I'm done this. So then I stopped and I came back to Fort Mac. And like a piece of it to me was like almost leaning towards not racism per se, but like she was a white girl. What if it was like a little black girl or like a little black boy that did it? Like, yeah, native, like Aboriginal, like just not Canadian white. I feel like they probably would have been charged for it. I don't, I know, I can't make those assumptions to whatever lawyers and, and people worked that case, but like. I just, I was like, you know what? I don't like the legal system. I don't want anything to do with this. I'll find something else to do with my life. My little gypsy soul. I was like, mm, this ain't for me. Sorry, mom and dad that you just paid 20 grand. Yeah, sucks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. So what, hap- what was that conversation like with your parents? I told them the truth. They were like, meh about it. Like, I feel bad that they spent the money on me, but I got a lot of experiences out of it and I did learn some things and I don't know. I just, they were kind of like, whatever, figure out what to do. Because, like, my mom didn't go to post-secondary. My sister at the time hadn't... I don't think my sister actually ever went to post-secondary. Oh, she got her NCSO, and you have to go to the University of New Brunswick online. But at the time, she hadn't done that. And my mom didn't go to college, and my dad did trade school. So I don't think they were, like, super hard-pressed that I dropped out out of after my first year. Yeah. And then I feel bad for the people that I did go to school with who, like, had this plan for their entire lives. Like their parents were like, this is what you're doing. You have to have a degree or you have to do this degree or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm very lucky that my parents were kind of just like, eh, whatever. You'll figure it out one day. <laughs> so what happened? Did you stay in Calgary? Did you go back to Fort Mac? I went back to Fort Mac for the summer. And then the my one roommate that I was really good friends with, um, she was going back to Mount Royal, but she didn't want to live on residence. So I was like, I'll move to Calgary with you. So I spent the summer in Fort McMurray the last month of... Before school, I ended up driving. She got a job in Canmore because we met some girls from Canmore. So she got a job in Canmore. And then I came up and stayed with her for a week in Canmore. And then we went to Saskatchewan where she's from. Maybe we just bonded over being rednecks. I don't know. (laughs) We went and stayed with her family in Saskatchewan for like three weeks before school started. Then we drove back to Calgary together and we got like a townhouse together. 
and she ended up dropping out i think of the program she was in she didn't want to do what she was doing so we ended up parting ways and it kind of got nasty which is whatever and then i moved home so i was there from like september to maybe january and then i came back to Fort Murray. so what did you do like how did you end up even getting a place in calgary uh i worked in Fort mcmurray at the golf course i made decent money at the time um and then i ended up working in calgary i just worked at earl's I didn't make a lot of money. It was really rough. Honestly, some days I had to choose between putting gas in my vehicle or buying food to eat because I was just a hostess because I was like 20 at the time and I was too scared to serve because I have a little bit of social anxiety and I worked really hard there and I made a lot of friends too, but I literally like sometimes I'd have to, I ended up, um, cause I worked at aldo in the peter pond mall (laughs) yeah so i worked at the golf course in aldo because i had a friend that hired me there super cool love shoes and i ended up having to get a second job in calgary i worked at the aldo in one of the malls i can't even remember what the what mall it was i ended up being the manager there so i was making a little bit more money which was really nice um but my mental health really took a toll from having like some i literally would have to choose putting gas in my truck or eating and like that's a really tough position to be in when you're 20 and i didn't want to ask my parents for help because i leaned on them a little bit too much they always they always saved me my parents we have a not very great relationship now but i do with my father but they always were there to save me and i feel like partially I didn't know how to be a real adult because I knew that if worse came to worse, like my parents would always save me, which isn't a bad thing. It's wonderful because some people don't get that. And I'm very grateful. But my mental health took a really, really bad toll. And I ended up having to come home. I ended up having to go to the hospital because I was not in a good mental health place. And then I called my mom's best friend who lived in Calgary. And then she came to get me from the hospital when I was released. And she told my mom what happened and my mom immediately got in her vehicle and drove to pack up all my stuff and bring me home. Like they were always there to literally rescue me, which is wonderful. But I feel like I definitely did things that maybe I shouldn't. Cause I know I knew that if it didn't work out, my parents would have been there. So like what happened with you? If you feel comfortable enough sharing it? Oh, I was just miserable. Like I, so my roommate had worked, moved out and I just like, I didn't have food. I didn't have money. I was drinking a lot and doing a lot of non-recreational drugs. And I was just miserable. I remember it was like, oh, it was after Christmas. Christmas, I ate cigarettes and Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) I didn't actually eat cigarettes, but I smoked like a whole pack, which I shouldn't have because cigarettes are a lot of money. Um, And watched Netflix on my laptop. And... I was just miserable. Like, I was like, this is my life. Like, this is not how I wanted to, my life to turn out. And at the time I was like in my early twenties and I was like, if this is what my life's going to be like, I don't want anything to do with that. So I took a bunch of pills and yeah. And then I, um, like made some slits in my wrists. It's super dramatic. Um, I then ended up calling 911 because I got really scared because I wouldn't stop bleeding because the med, the pills I took were thinning my blood and then they picked me up and I went to a hospital in Calgary and had to spend the night there in the psych unit and then <laughs> they let me leave the next day. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. I was like, I don't belong here. Yeah. 
and there's nothing wrong with mental health but at the time I was like I don't belong here so then my instead of calling my mom because I was like I don't want to lean on them I called one of her best friends that lived in Calgary and she picked me up from the hospital and then she ended up calling my mom because she was like sorry Rochelle like this is pretty serious like I gotta call your parents um but at the time I I wasn't super familiar with like therapy and like counselors and stuff like that so I didn't know that there were other options now I do and I go to a therapist almost bi-weekly and it's very wonderful what was it like for you like and your mom had to be the one to come get you my mom is the type of person that sorry mom um (laughs) she's like if you're sad why don't you just smile more okay that's not how that works but okay um she was not impressed with me we were like driving back to Fort McMurray and I was listening to music and like by no means was it like emo music or anything like that it was just like I really like lyrics and I really like I really like to listen to the words and songs because like writing music is an outlet and it's a lot of feels don't get me wrong I love club music I love to shake my butt uh but sometimes I just like very like feeling music and I was listening to a song that meant a lot to me and my mom turned it off and she was like maybe you wouldn't be so depressed if you listened to happier music and I was like Kate sweet I obviously know how this is gonna go so I actually found out like a few years ago that my mom never told my dad what happened yeah so she didn't tell my dad what happened and I got back and I was kind of upset because my dad was like just chill chill." didn't ask me how I was doing didn't be like why did you do it like my mom was like quite mad at me and I was like I get that you're mad but like this has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me and I battled depression since I was like in my early teens like my mom made me talk to the school counselor once because I was depressed and then she, I know that she was trying to do good but she didn't really do good and then when she picked me up from Calgary she was kind of just not very nice about it and I found out like three years ago that my dad didn't know and I thought like my dad and I always had like not a rocky relationship like like again my parents were amazing they were great parents we always had food clothes we got to go on trips. Everything was great. But my mom was like my best friend and my dad and I didn't really get along. And it turns out there's some things behind that. But at the time, he never asked me how I was. He never asked me why I did it. He never confided in me or like made me feel better. So I thought he hated me. So our relationship just got worse. And then found out my dad didn't find out till like eight years later from a friend of his what actually happened. And he felt so bad. And I was like, it's not your fault. Like he didn't know. And now everything's great with us. So everything's perfect. And I've learned that those aren't outlets that you need to go to when you're sad. So I'm good now. <laughs> but getting getting into nursing, um, you need an outlet. Like especially me. Like me, myself. Like some people are bad bitches. And like, but for me, knowing that I've s- suffered through depression through teenagehood and early adulthood and stuff like that for me it was really important for me to know my boundaries and to like not take work home. And then knowing that like I should probably talk to a counselor or a therapist to get through the feelings of what I deal with at work. Cause like it's a very like emotionally, physically and emotionally draining job to have. You're always having to be positive. You can't show your emotions in front of patients and it is definitely grueling sometimes, but it's worth it. And like, and some people like, I'm not my only f- nurse friend that goes to therapy and stuff. Like it's, it's very important. Even if you're not in a job that's like emotionally draining, therapy is awesome. 
Is this the first time that you've ever done something like this or was it just like the most gruesome? No, it was definitely the most gruesome. Like I said, like I was very depressed through high school for reasons unknown, honestly. Like, like I said, like I had a great family life and like, I think I was just a sad girl. Like I think it's just, just something in my brain that's not right. <laughs> a lot of people deal with depression. A lot of people deal with it. And I feel like the outlets that I was going into weren't helping it. Like drinking with my friends on the weekend. Again, drinking, drinking with my friends on the weekend, smoking weed, like just being a teenager. It was fun, but sometimes there were some down parts to it, but that definitely was the most gruesome. And after that, I was like, okay, hey, I really need to change up my life a little bit. So I just worked thought like only worked what were you doing for work so my sister is a safety trainer and she was taking time off work for a surgery and her boss and her were really close and she was like you should let my sister take my position until i'm come back she had like i think it was like six weeks off work and then instead of hiring someone and then like having to lay them off or whatever i just worked for her like did her job for her so she trained me for like a week and then she went off and i took over her job and then um I ended up, I can't remember if I quit or left because again, alcohol, <laughs> I was working, uh, 14 and seven. So I worked 14 days and then had seven off. And I think I did two or three cycles of that or something like that. And I met some guys at site that were doing recreational drugs. And again, I am very easily swayed into having fun. So, and seven days off heck yeah i'm gonna drink for five of those days because like on your 14 on you don't do anything but work so i was like i'm gonna party and then i ended up working at a liquor store a friend of mine got me a job at a liquor store i was there for a bit i quit the liquor store because i hated management i think i was there for like six or seven months i got a job at sport check i worked there for a bit i was started as a sales associate then i got into visual merchandising so i didn't really have to work under anyone i kind of just worked under like the regional visual merchandiser and i just she would send me a booklet once a month of how to dress specific mannequins like the sport check mannequins and then i just got to like play with clothes all day and like make displays that matched and it was really cool and then I ended up getting a job at Ford. I started as just like the receptionist at the the new location. So I started there. It was a wonderful job. I had a really good time. I didn't want to do sales though because again, I haven't stopped talking this entire time, but I do have social anxiety and my feelings get hurt really easy. So if like someone wouldn't have bought a car off me, I definitely would have been offended. Uh, and then I ended up switching to the Gregoire location and I worked in the service shop as like an appointments coordinator, which was really fun. I had a really good time there. I ended up, I was serving at Montana's. I can't remember where I was working that I started serving at Montana's. I just wanted to make a little bit extra money. So I was there for a bit. Social anxiety got to me. I was getting too anxious coming to work, like being nervous about like serving people, making mistakes, all that stuff. So then I was working at Ford, I want to say for like eight months and I just became unhappy. Like I said, I'm a gypsy. It's like I work a job for like a year or something and I'm like, ugh, this is lame. I got to do something else. Yeah. So I have a lot of random skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up going back to Montana's as a manager because the GM knew me quite well. And I came back and I was like, I just like to start serving again. And she asked me how much I made at Ford. And she's like, this is what our salary managers make. Would you rather come as a manager? And I was like, heck yeah, I would. Mm -hmm. Then it would get me out of Ford completely. 
And then I worked there for a bit. And then I got a job at Gymnation. No, just nine to five, the front desk girl on the, like the, where you sign in to work out, not the shake side. And I was the day, um, like registration girl. So we'd like clean up and do stuff. And it was honestly one of the best jobs I've ever worked. I loved working there. I had so much fun. Members were so awesome. I ended up running into the AGM of Brew House, whatever Nigel was. Also, shout out to Nigel. (laughs) And he asked me if I wanted to work there. And I said, not if you guys are wearing those slutty little skirts. And And then he's like, whatever, whatever. Um... And then I just wasn't making enough money at the gym. Like I worked nine to five. I had a lot of free time. It was really good. I started working out. Like it was great. I started working out. I started eating healthier, started gaining some weight. Um, And then Nigel came over one day to work out and he was like, are you sure you don't want to work at brew? And I said, with those skirts, heck no. No, I'm not liking the uniform. And he's like, well, funny thing is we got rid of the skirts. So now you can wear yoga pants. And I was like, okay. So he interviewed me. I got a job because he's like, have you ever bartended before? And I was like, no, but I've managed restaurants. So like, I know how to bartend. And he interviewed me and he hired me and I became one of the bartenders there. And that's where I met you. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a really good time, except that I was working at the, I stayed at the gym for quite a bit. Yeah. So I would do nine to five at the gym and then 530 till whenever they didn't need me at brew. But most of the time during the week, they would cut me early because they knew I had another job and I knew it made the other bartenders mad. But like I got two jobs, but Fridays I would work 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. Because I would always close Friday, Saturday so that like the bartenders that closed during the week wouldn't have to close on the weekend. So Fridays I worked for like 18 hours, but I made so much money. I didn't even care. I was like, this is the best. And then I ended up going to brew full time. Yeah, I, I did like working at brew. The crew was really awesome. I really loved them. Just sometimes like so I didn't drink. I think I drank once at brew and i'm pretty sure it was on renee's birthday (laughs) i have so many pictures from that night so much fun every time i look back i'm like five years ago this was awesome um but i didn't drink very often because i'm from like family stuff like i don't drink very often um so for me sometimes it sucked because like i feel like i didn't get invited to a lot of stuff because they just knew that i didn't drink and i feel like i wasn't as close to everybody as i could be like when management shifted i don't know if you were there when some people from head office came and like management shifted and like this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he we're friends now. But at the time, like he used terms like wheelchair wasted. And like, to me, like, damn, that's deep, man. Like, I don't want to get someone that drunk. Like that's so irresponsible. And I feel like when he came and like all the girls would like party with him and stuff, like, I feel like I always got left out and I wasn't really part of the team. And I had voiced this. Like, I was like, just because I don't drink doesn't mean I don't want to come out and have fun with you guys. I'll drink my tea and I'll chill with you guys. But then I ended up leaving brew because of management and I was going back to school anyway. Um, that's when I went to social work. So yeah. So I, I think I was at brew my first before I switched. Yeah. So before I switched into nursing, I was at brew. And then I switched to nursing. So I worked the summer before nursing and I ended up getting COVID the first week of school. So I left brew because of COVID. And then I was like, I'm just not coming back because y'all are not very nice. The management there was not very nice. I got COVID while we were still working. And I'm pretty sure I got it from a customer that had COVID. I got COVID, I'm pretty sure from a customer. And then I was getting a COVID test anyway because we were going to visit my boyfriend at the time's family and his dad had had a heart transplant a year before that. So I wanted to make sure that I had no trace of COVID. So I already had this test booked. I was ready to 
go. Um, and then I started feeling kind of sick and I was like, oh, like just had an itchy throat or whatever. So one night after work, the night before my COVID test, I was eating nachos and drinking with the gals and we were like sharing drinks sharing nachos everything was fun the next day I get a test I get my results back I'm COVID positive so the girls group chat I was like hey girls just let you know I tested positive for COVID and like we were all together last night like not wearing masks eating having a good time then the manager at brew house called me and started yelling at me and being like you can't tell the girls like you're scaring them like some of these girls can't afford to take time off work I have COVID like you need to shut down and clean the place I don't know if they did or not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to skewer them. They probably didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I don't got to deal with this. Like I'm going back to school. So I ended up just not having a job and going back to school. So I did my first semester of nursing school, not working. And then I ended up getting a job part-time at the, at the library in Keanu. Yeah. So that was really cool. So I worked like two days a week, two or three days a week. Yeah. So that, so I went back to school for nursing at Keanu. Um, the LPN program and I started two weeks later than everybody else I think I can't remember if it was two weeks or one week no it would have been a week because I still had COVID and I was still it was still when COVID you couldn't do anything after 14 days you had to stay in your house and not talk or look or do anything I couldn't even go in my backyard Um, but I didn't even know I was waitlisted to the program I had never heard anything back and then a week into school so I also applied for the business program Um, because I was like, I got to go back to school for something. And at that point I was like, whatever, I'll just do business. Maybe I'll do my accounting. But what made you feel like so strongly about going back to school? I just, I was, what year was I when I went back to school? I was like 26 or 27. And I was just like, not that there's anything wrong with it because there are a ton of servers who are older that are amazing and make a ton of money. Cause like serving is so much fun. And like some people are just made to do it. But for me, I was like, I don't want to serve for the rest of my life. I don't want the late nights. I don't want the party nights. I wasn't really drinking at the time, but I was like, that's not the lifestyle for me. So I was like, I'm going to go back to school. So I did the social work program and then I applied for the nursing program and I didn't hear anything back. So I was like, I still want to go to school. So I did the business diploma. I did a week of that. And then I got an email from Keanu being like, a position has opened in the, in the LPN program for you. You, we have to know by the end of the day. Yeah, I was in the business program for a whole week and my everything was online because of COVID. And my instructors were getting so mad at me because I have a gaming laptop, so it doesn't have a camera built in. Um, And they were like, we need to see you. Like, it's your participation mark. And I was like, I don't have a built-in camera and I have COVID, so I cannot leave my house and go buy one. And like, yeah, and my boyfriend's working. He can't pick one up for me. Like, I'm just going to have to be faceless for the till I'm allowed to leave my house. And then, yeah, so I was in the business program and then I got into the nursing program. The The tuition that I paid for the business program, like since I canceled all my class and I got my money back, it paid for a portion of my nursing stuff. But nursing textbooks are like a grand because you have to get scrubs, a stethoscope, a blood pressure cuff. But in your first year of the LPN program, you have to learn how to do them manually. They're not crazy expensive. Stethoscopes are expensive. Um, and then scrubs for your labs. And thankfully at the time, my boyfriend at the time, uh, lent me money so that I could do that very thankful for that because he was like you have to go in because I was like I need to tell him by the end of the day like I can't afford this and he was like you have to do it like this is what you've been talking about all summer you want to be a nurse just do it so I did it and then I got in and then I stayed in and then I graduated two years later and that's my life story <laughs> nice. <laughs>
So what was it like? Were you online the whole entire time or were you like attending classes as well? So we did classes online, but we had uh, twice a week or once a week labs. And the labs were the only thing that Keanu was open to. Yeah. So the nurse, so the RN program and the LPN, I think, I don't know about other programs, but so we did all our classes online on Zoom and Teams and all that fun stuff. And we came to labs and we had to wear a mask still for the first year. And then second year, first semester, we were allowed back at school. Super cool. We were just used to seeing people's faces on camera. Um, And then I believe like two months, not even the full semester, COVID came back with a vengeance and Keanu shut down again. So again, the only thing we came to Keanu for was the labs. And then I think actually for the end no, that was the beginning. Yeah, I think we all just did school for the rest of it online. Okay. And I skipped my grad because COVID had disappeared and we got to have a real grad, which was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But like at the time I was 29 and like I did make some really good nursing friends. Mm-hmm. Like two of the girls that I went to school with, I became, they're like my best friends. They're 22. I don't even care. They're my best friends. I love them so much. I live with one of them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they are my heart and soul. And I would have loved to graduate with them, but I had to go to Italy for a wedding. So I was like, mm, bye, Keanu grad. I really don't care. So I think like our third or fourth day in Italy was our graduation. So obviously I messaged my girls. I was like, love you guys. I'm wasted. I'm in Italy enjoying my vacation. But, and then I went to Bali for four weeks. So Italy for two, Bali for four. And then I came home and started working. I just needed like a really good vacation. Like I was like, you know what? I just busted my ass for two years. I maintained great grades. It was nothing like high school. I graduated with on the dean's list. My GPA was above 3.2. Um, I started my nursing career with a 2.7 GPA, which isn't horrible. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's like, that's average. That's average. And I graduated with a 3.32. Um, and I was just like, I need a vacation. So we were going to Italy for a wedding. So my boyfriend at the time was like, why don't we just extend it and go somewhere that you want to go so we were stuck between like thailand philippines bali really hard to get into the philippines because covid was still like a thing like you had to have your vaccinations to fly you had to show proof of vaccinations all that stuff so we ended up choosing bali and we went there for four weeks and then when i came back i was like well i guess it's time to buckle down and nurse (laughs) so in the lpn program you do a uh, clinical rotation with so it's like you and five other students and an instructor and you go to the hospital and you do your nursing stuff so at the time willow square didn't exist so we were on the fourth floor on the long-term care unit so we did a few weeks there and then on the medicine unit so the third floor um they have like a long-term side there for it's essentially it's for like people that are waiting for placement so either to go to the rotary house or go to the willow or for their families to figure out how they can take care of them. So we did a big portion of our first clinical on the CCU, so the fourth floor, and then we went to the long-term care side, and then our teachers ended up letting us go to the acute side, so where there was actually sick patients, and we did three shifts there. And that's when I knew that my heart was in medicine. Yeah, like, so the medicine unit is where you go if you're sick. It's like, say you have, like, congestive heart failure or, like, COPD or your diabetes is out of control or like you're just sick like we have the palliative rooms which aren't my favorite because palliative nursing just makes me cry 
because it's so sad that's like where you go when you're about to pass away oh, yeah. yeah so when you palliate so it's mostly like older people it's super sad i some of our palliative patients stay for a while and like you get really close with their family so like when the patient dies like it, it it's hard i've cried at work before and but then there's like all the fun stuff like wound vax and like dressing changes and just like all of the gory goodness yeah. and like i love it and then there's the surgery floor so like say you get admitted then you go for surgery and then you recover on the surgery floor and like the medicine patients stay for quite a long time some people are there for like a few days some people are there for a few weeks some people are there for a few months but surgery they have a really high turnover okay. and like i'm shy so i don't want to meet new people every day i like my patients that i know and that i'm comfortable with and then second year, we did a, cl a clinical rotation on surgery and a clinical rotation on medicine. And then you pick your preceptorship. So that's where like the connections come in. So being an LPN, we don't have a lot of preceptorship placements. Like RNs can go to like ambulatory care, eMERGE, ICU, maternity, PEDS, medicine, surgery. They can go pretty much anywhere in the hospital. But LPNs, they're really only hired on in ambulatory care long-term oh you can go to long-term care as an rn too so you have ambulatory care long-term care um the public health building like where you do um like vaccines and stuff okay. medicine surgery just recently like our peds has a few like casual positions but you can't preceptor as casual because we need x amount of hours to graduate okay. and so it's like a job interview so you preceptor for to 280 hours or something like that so it's like two or three months of working there's 12 hours so oh, seven to seven okay. night shift seven to seven day shift seven seven ambulatory care is eight to four i think or something like that and then i don't know what it is in the or because i've never worked there but i'm pretty sure the nor the or nurses can be on call and those might be the ones that have the really long shifts um, or if you work like extra, you do overtime or whatever. So it's like a, it's like a three month long interview essentially. Wow. And a lot of the priests, like m me as a preceptor, I met with the, I sat down with the unit manager and I was like, I'd really like to work here, all that stuff. So it's like a mid, it's like literally a three month long interview. Wow. So if you are a good preceptorship student, most of the time you get a position on the floor that you preceptor in. So I preceptored on medicine and now work on medicine. I love how fast paced medicine is. Like it's so much fun. You're always on your toes. You always see new stuff. Like it's wonderful. My first ever acute patient had a wound vac and I got to help with it like three times. And that's when I was like, I need to work on this floor. Like I love this stuff. <laughs> and like, I love doing wound vacs. They're so much fun. Everything, most of the stuff I do is pretty fun. Um, but some, like some people go into nursing school to go into like the cosmetic side of it or like some people go into nursing school to do like the data part of it so like not everybody loves medicine not everybody loves surgery not everybody loves where they work I mean obviously some of us do but for me like I was just like I need something that keeps me on my toes because I have raging ADHD and I like to keep busy so my floor is perfect for me <laughs> nursing is such a rewarding career like the the patient's families that we have for a long time we become like quite close with them like obviously we have like our professional boundaries but like some of them we come we they invite us to like their family like their loved one's funeral like wow. they're they tell us when the wake is like it's such a rewarding career and like 
seeing people heal and like seeing people being in bad positions because we get a lot of so we have a psych unit on our like on the third floor but it's like a locked unit and we don't deal with stuff like that but we do get a lot of like um, alcohol withdrawals and drug withdrawals and stuff and sometimes it's so nice to see people get through that withdrawal process and then end up going to rehab or something or like changing their life around and it's so so rewarding but some parts of it are very emotionally draining like seeing the same person come in for the same thing numerous times and but like you can't force someone to stop doing something they don't want to do some of it's really tough which is why i go to therapy i think it's very important and when i first started nursing it was very hard for me to keep nursing at work because like you can't talk about things because there's like confidentiality and all that good stuff but and then you feel like you can't talk about it but you you can talk about it you just can't give personal details so it took me a while and now i go to therapy just to talk about the hard parts of it like like sometimes family members can be difficult sometimes patients can be difficult and sometimes people forget that nurses have feelings but honestly like i would say like most patients and most families are very very wonderful and like the nurses i work with like sometimes i'm like do i like my job because of what i do or is it because of the people i work with because like then i gotta say like the nurses in fort mcmurray are all amazing like they're all so nice they're so empathetic sympathetic like some sometimes at work i just have so much fun that i'm like is this really a job because like just like people bring us coffee donuts the doctors bring us coffee donuts we order food together like sometimes it's just it's so nice to have those people to have your back because like some nights are tough some days are tough like like i said i've cried at work before and there'll always be the people that are there hugging me and rubbing my back like it's just it's very wonderful to have good people to work with and like when people like i've had some comments about my job not being hard and i'm like okay i would love you to walk a mile in my shoes and when I first started working, I was in a casual position. So I got to choose my schedule. So I, I, I was working at Banquet as well. So when did I start Banquet? I started Banquet. Oh, I started Banquet my second, going into my second semester of my last year of nursing. Okay. Um, so I went to Banquet and I went to school. And then I took that time off for my vacation. And then I ended up staying at Banquet until October, the end of October. But then balancing two jobs that were very social and very physically draining... I ended up having to leave Banquet, but I left on good terms. I still love the Banquet crew. It was a very wonderful job. Like, I met a lot of great people. (laughs) One night, I, one day I worked from 7 to 7 at the hospital. And then I went to Banquet because they were short-staffed. And they were like, I was like, listen, I can work, but I just worked a 12-hour shift. I have never made so much money in my life. I'm sorry to all those suckers out there (laughs) that I suckered into tipping me more. But I was like, sorry if I'm tired, like... I just got off work or whatever. And they'd be like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a nurse at the hospital. And they're like, you worked and now you're working? And I'm like, yeah, like, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. Yeah. I swear it was like a random, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. I have never made that much money on a weekday because I was suckering, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did end up having to quit. My last shift at Banquet was Halloween. And what a great shift to be my last shift. Um, Depending on where they work, death. Because some people are very okay with it and others are not. Like, there are palliative nurses. So that's a nurse that deals with just palliative patient, which is end of life. Um, But sometimes they do more of the behind the scenes stuff. And like, and it depends on what hospital you work at. Because like some, we've had this conversation, sorry, conversation at work sometimes. 
some nurses never see death. Like honestly, like if you're in the cosmetic side of that, or if you work in data or you work at the public health building and, or like in Edmonton at the bigger hospitals, like they don't have a palliative section of a floor. Like they have a whole palliative floor. So the nurses know what they're getting into. Like you are going to be working with people who are close to death, but like our medicine floor is the only place where the palliative suites could go. So if you're not comfortable with death or you think that death is something that you're going to struggle with, it's definitely something that you have to think of. And I went into nursing being like, oh, I'm totally okay with death. Plot twist. I am not. (laughs) I am not. My first few deaths were very mentally hard on me and it took me a long time I ended up having to tell my unit, my unit manager that I was not comfortable working in the palliative hub. And now I'm back in it and I'm okay with it. But it was just very, very hard for me. And I think that's something that you really need to be aware of. And um, which bodily functions you're okay with dealing with. So me, like, I don't know if it's because I grew up with dogs or whatever. Like, some people have younger siblings that they've changed. Like bowel movements, pee, puke. I can deal with that that does not phase me i'm like i'm ready to get my hands dirty like get my gloves dirty anything that comes out of the mouth so bo- boogers <laughs> or like the like your throat and nose boogers and suctioning something out of somebody's mouth is my cannot and i struggle with it so much and like you can't gag in front of patients so for me like suctioning was something I knew right off the bat that I could not deal with at all. And you kind of just have to put your big girl boots on and, and go with it. And then also like the therapy thing, like mental health should not be looked down on. Like nursing is an incredibly hard career mentally and physically you're lifting. Like, obviously we have our safety measures, but like you're scooting heavy patients up in bed. Like you're helping people get in and off the toilet. Um, so like to me like the gym is my outlet and therapy is very important or having like a really close friend that you can vent to because like a, a lot of people go into it I went into it being like I know I'm going to struggle with this but there's also people that go into it that they're like oh like this won't phase me it does phase you and like talking about it is not bad and talking about it nobody's going to look down on it like there are so many things for nurses like we have like a text thing that you can text like a number you can text if you're feeling down like we have there's a quiet room in the hospital that if you're like having a really hard time, you can go down to the quiet room and just sit there for 15 minutes. Like there's so many things that are available to nurses or anyone struggling yeah. that I think it's just for people going to the nursing, like into nursing, they just need to be really aware of that. Like it is, it is a very rewarding career, but it's also very, it can be very tough. Sometimes we're not treated the best. So like I learned in nursing school that if a patient is rude to you, it's probably not because they're a bad person. It's because they're in the hospital. Either they're in pain or they're really sick. And your personality can change when that happens to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I've hurt myself and someone's come to help me. I've been like, get away from me. I don't need help. So you really have to put that in your mindset. Like, the patient's not mad at you. They don't think you're a bad person. They're just in a bad situation. So you really have to, like, really drill that into your head to not take anything personal which took me a very long time. I've been nursing for a year now and I still take some things personal. (laughs) Well, all right, we're gonna wrap up now. So we're gonna do our last question. And this is, so if you had the opportunity to go back and talk to that little girl being carried by your mom 
into the next condo where you're, you know, staying in for daycare and tell them anything, what would you tell them? Um, just have faith in yourself. Cause like I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life. Some of them solely because of myself and like, just have faith and eventually everything will get better. And when you wake up in the morning and you're crying and you think that this is the end, it's not the end. Cause like I'm 30 years old now and I love my life. I wish I could have whispered that to my past self a few times. So yeah, just don't lose faith. Everything happens for a reason. Rochelle, thank you so much for coming. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you for sharing, being so vulnerable with us and telling us all that you had to say. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. I had a course. blast. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself for real. You're welcome anytime. And yeah, it's been real. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Why even be happy if it's just going to lead to this? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. My misery is wasted on the miserable. What? You know, I'm not entirely sure what your name is, but you are a, a classic idiot. You think spending time with her, kissing her, having fun with her, you think that's what it was all about? That was love? Yeah. This is love, missing her because she's gone, wanting to die. You're so lucky. You're like a walking poem. Would you rather be some kind of a, a fantasy, some kind of a, a, a Disney ride? Is that what you want? Don't you see, this is the good part. This is what you've been digging for all this time. Now you finally have it in your hand, a sweet nugget of love. Sweet, sad love. And you want to throw it away. You've got it all wrong. I thought this was the bad part. No. The bad part is when you forget her, when you don't care about her, when you don't care about anything. The bad part is coming, so enjoy the heartbreak while you can, for God's sakes. Pick, 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 pick up the dog poop, would you please? <laughs>